grace and peace. You're listening to United We Pray. Taking Racial Struggles to the Throne of Grace, United We Pray, is a ministry devoted to praying about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think about uh, race and racism in a way that is biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more, see articles at uwepray.com. That's the letter U, W-E-P-R-A-Y.com. I'm one of the hosts, Isaac Adams, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin Suter, who usually does the introduction, but I stole it today. What's good, Austin? That was nice work. Did you stretch before you did that or you just went cold into it? I went cold into it, man, but I think it's one of those things where it's, uh, it's muscle memory at this point. So I think the more I do it, the worse I get at it. You know that I mean that would that would make sense for a number of reasons. But um, here we are, uh, the season finale, man. So the Lord has given us grace for yet another season. Yes, thankful to get to do this with you, bro. Amen. Me too, brother. Me too. So typically, I would take it at this point, but why don't you go ahead with a uh, scriptural reflection and uh, pray for us as we begin, and then let's hop into uh, this final topic for this season. I wanted to go into just a plain old Christian exhortation to love each other. So I'm in 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9. Mm. Finally, all of you be like-minded and sympathetic, love one another and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing since you were called for this so that you may inherit a blessing. Let's pray. Mm. Father, Christians are those who have received much And Lord, make us those who are generous in our spirit with each other. Help Mm. us to be compassionate, be humble, be like-minded. And as we think about this today, um, just help us to spur one another on to love and good deeds. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Bro, I was going to say, we talk about being biblical, clear, uh, helpful, and hopeful. Uh, But if we wanted to, you know, use some synonyms, I like plain, old, and Christian. (laughs) That's good. I'm I'm happy with being plain, old, and Christian. Anyway, take it away, man. Amen. So, Isaac, we are talking about intent today. Mm, Like a letter of intent? Like football uh, player signs? Yeah, like, yeah, no, basically exactly that. Yeah, we're a football podcast now. I am in Alabama now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, everything is football. Yes. Um, Let me run a scenario by you. So person A did or said something that offended person B. And when confronted about it, person A responds by saying, that's not what I intended. Or if you want to put another spin on this, uh, you know, say it with me if you've heard it. I don't have a racist bone bone in in my my body. body. Yes. Yep. How many times have we heard that? We hear this so often that you used it as an example in your forthcoming book. Well, and, you know, just a little treat for any listeners who are going to read it. One kind of useful writing uh, technique is just themes, and that's a phrase that comes up a few times in the book. So that's one you can be looking at. You can also look for the theme, I'm out of, uh, I can't breathe. But anyway, keep going. So what's going on here with intent versus effect? Yeah, I mean, we've all, I mean, we could even take it out of the race conversation for a second because I was like, I mean, are you describing uh, a conversation that's basically every married person has had with their spouse? Uh, Or is like, well, that's not what I meant. And on one level, we want to be clear, intent matters, right? So that's why there's manslaughter versus murder, for instance. Intent matters, but... Uh, let's just pick up that kind of 
the manslaughter language. Just because you hit me with your car and you didn't mean to doesn't mean I don't have to go to physical therapy. doesn't mean I'm not in a tremendous amount of pain. So I think sometimes we as self-justifying sinners uh, can use intent as a kind of shield to deflect blame and rightful accusation. Um, and to kind of make it about ourselves. Well, that wasn't my intent. Well, that's very nice, but that was still horrible or racist or unkind what you said about that person. And just because you didn't mean to be a jerk doesn't mean you weren't a jerk. And I think that's obvious, but given the present day conversation, uh, I'm not sure that it is, but yes. So just to put a finer point on it, intent is why we do what we do. And yes. effect is what happens when we do something. Correct. So in yes. the context of a conversation where someone was hurt, person A doesn't have to have malicious intent to have hurt person B. Correct. Why do you think people focus on intent? I mean, I was getting I was getting at it because I mean, I was getting at it from kind of a person who's, you know, being charged with something of kind of defending themselves. But I think another reason we focus on it is because we the definition of racism we have in our minds is simply personal malice. So I had no intended malice in what I was saying to you. So why are you coming at me with this, you know, with this with this with this kind of accusation or charge, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't have a racist bone in my body where scripture makes clear. Yeah. But you've got a, a sin sick heart in that body that is so desperately sick. Jeremiah said, who he asked who could understand it. So it's, it's not about racist bones. It's and just intent in that sense. So, um, We've got to kind of have a broader definition or understanding of impact of language. And this is why Ephesians gets at, you know, say in Ephesians 4, 29 and 30, give speech and give words that give grace and use those words as fits the occasion. So there is an inappropriate occasion, even for words that might seem normally appropriate. But hey, at this time, that's an inappropriate occasion, which makes all of what you're saying inappropriate. I think it's important for us to say as well that there are good reasons to focus on intent, because as Christians, we're concerned uh, certainly with our own hearts before the Lord, but also our brothers and sisters. So as we think about intent, yeah, that's an important thing to realize, but while intent matters, it's not all that matters. Right, right. And I want to be clear, knowing someone's intent, like, hey, that wasn't my intent, it does help when someone's like, I mean, did you intend for to say that, to communicate that? And if the person's like, yeah, I did, well, then that's something to deal with. But I think it goes a long way. I think, to put a, a different spin on it, I think oftentimes in this conversation, we can assume someone's intent, which is equally as dangerous as trying to just kind of justify yourself uh, behind your intent. And that's that's equally, and that's super insidious. And we have to be careful of that in the local church of like, assume best motives because you're probably, even if you're not right, you're probably closer to the truth than assuming the worst of motives. So I was thinking about this and I always try to run through different hypotheticals and try to put myself in other people's shoes as we're putting these episodes together. And I thought, why is it that people dig their heels in so much when they're called out on something? In that 
uh, especially on the issue of race. And it just seems so explosive that if somebody makes a comment about race and someone else says, you know, here's why that hurt my feelings or here's why that is unhelpful or, you know, you shouldn't say that, the situation can explode from there. And I was like, why is it that that happens? Why is this issue so explosive? And I think it's just because it's impossible in most people's minds to conceive of themselves as committing an act of racism. And so when they're called out on something, they immediately go to intent because they need to justify themselves as not a racist in their own mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's right. I'm, I'm not sure that's the only reason, but I think that's right. And I think there is, um, you know, I've had this conversation with many brothers whom I love and respect. I think there is, there can be a train of thought that says I'm hurt. Therefore you sinned. And sure. I think, I think we want to be careful to not just write that off, uh, to not just assume the correctness, but I of that statement, uh, or 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 that even that mindset to uh, affirm that mindset. Though I think we want to realize just because, um, someone can be hurt and we can have sinned against them. So I think sometimes people will hide behind that phrase of like, just because you're hurt doesn't mean I sinned. Well. It also doesn't mean I didn't necessarily sin. So I think we want to, we don't want to assume like, oh, I just haven't, you know, I'm hurting people, but I'm never sinning against them. Right. How do you think we help folks start thinking through the paradigm of effect? I mean, this is where Philippians 2 is really helpful about humility. I mean, plain, old, and Christian. I want to start a new podcast. We should have a new podcast called Plain Old Christian, (laughs) where it says, consider others the needs of others more important than yourself. Look, let everyone look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So I think that's a very humble thing to do where it's like, let's not just think about how this affects me, but how this affects others. And I think that's just a speed we have to grow in as Christians and why, I mean, you wrote a piece today about the local church this is why church is so useful for us. Cause it trains us in how to see and value others who are made in God's image. Remember, remembering the image of God is really useful too. This person I'm communicating with is of inestimable value and I need to see and treat them like that. And it is just so easy for us to not think that. So we want to pray that the Holy Spirit would give us lenses that assume that image of God and folk. And I love that you went to Philippians too. That's sort of where I was going to go as well. It just helping people not navel gaze. Like if we're talking about a hypothetical interaction where someone says something that hurts someone else's feelings— when confronted with somebody else's pain, it's it's almost, I don't understand why you would immediately focus on yourself in that moment. Like, I mean, the, I'm the with response you. should I, be compassion. Well, I'm with you to a certain degree on that because I, I get what you're saying, but that it's the same reason why, unless you've never done this in your marriage, I've done it in mine, when your wife confronts you on something where you say, well, yeah, but. It's because, I mean, yeah. you're plain old Christian, Genesis 3, this is what sinners do. We, It's like, but you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. We self, like, that is the, that is the reflex of the sinful heart. Self, you, if you just understood more, you would know, 
I had good reason to be a jerk. And this is where our moms taught us. This friend you gave me. This friend you get, Lord, Lord, this friend you gave me who is, you know, in chapter one was made in your image, but now they're just in the way of whatever I'm trying to say. And, you know, this is why our mothers taught us two wrongs don't make a right. So let's say that person said something. This is why it's so beautiful what you read. You know, curse not in return. Don't revile in return. This is what we do. This is what we do, you know. So even if you don't do it in mar- my your marriage, I am a sinner and sometimes do it in my marriage. Uh, or it's like, yeah, but uh, if you only understood. And it's just all of that is pride at the end of the day. It's all just a refusal to rightly take the blame that is rightly ours. Uh, Thomas Brooks wrote that obedience to God in one arena never requires disobedience in another. Ooh. And I appreciate is Brooks your that favorite insight. Pur- is, he, is he your favorite Puritan? Yes, by a sizable margin. You I, love, I'm, you I'm, love I'm prepared to fight on the lawn for this. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why I feel so strongly about this, but yeah, I'll, I'll make it a, an issue of fellowship. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Um, I think what he's getting at there is that God never contradicts himself. God knows what he's talking about. And when we obey his commands, they work in harmony. Yeah, that's And that is true, but it's hard for us to see that as sinners. Yeah, And so as we think about our own motives and challenging brothers and sisters and being reconciled and even commanded to confront a brother or sister when they sin against you, that is also given to us with the command of being slow to take offense. Yes. Now, why I wanted to bring that up is that I think the command being slow to take offense, that's one I really want you to obey more than me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, if you come to me with an offense, I'd be like, yeah, but yeah, but Isaac, you, you've got to be slow to take offense. Remember? Mm-hmm. Remember that's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And where, what just book, chapter, and verse on that command? I'm not doubting it. James 119. Be quick to hear. Ah, yeah. Slow okay. to speak. Yeah. Slow yeah. to take offense. Slow yep. to get angry. Yep. Yep. So how do these things fit together, Pastor Isaac? How is it that we want to confront brothers or sisters on their sin while being slow to take offense? I think one we already talked about was assuming, assuming the best. I mean, it's just amazing how often we, let's just say we go into the courtroom and the verdict is already decided in our mind. We're really just finagling and maneuvering and manipulating the conversation to get to our prejudged outcome, our prejudiced outcome in that sense. And it's like, who, well, who can be innocent in that instance? You know, even if I am forgiven in Christ, it's like, well... How, you know, if I can't, if they're understanding someone's context and all of that, it might help, you know, and we just, another thing we want to do is we want to just give space for people to mess up. So if you expect people to communicate with you perfectly, you are going to be miserable and you're going to make other people miserable. Like you just got to have a speed and this is where relationship really helps when you're really good friends with someone, you can just have a speed of like, I love him. Uh, he said that and I'm just letting it go today. So, you know, that's where it's, you know, the plain old Christian word for it would be forbearance. Um, and the kind of wisdom to discern whether you need to forbear or confront is, is my relationship with this person going to be affected? And if this person is, 
saying things so regularly that you're that are offending you that your relationship that you always need to confront them because your relationship is always on the line chances are you're not forbearing that much and you're taking too much offense so those are those are some guardrails i would give ma'am yeah i appreciate the counsel to you know judge the sort of the state of the relationship right yeah like another thing to put on the radar is it, it's not always in the context of your relationship because sometimes I can imagine a scenario at church where I see somebody say something discouraging, but they didn't say it to me. So my relationship might not be affected, but I know that what they said hurt another person's feelings. Yeah. And I might need to talk to him about that. Yeah. 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 If, especially if you were there to witness it. Yeah. And the only other caveat I'd give to that situation too, is also encouraging the two people involved, like, it's okay if that person goes in light of Matthew 18 and confronts that person. If you encourage them, like what they said to you isn't okay and you need to confront them. But also, yeah, speaking up for those who don't have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. We can grant each other a whole lot of license when we do that. Um, unfortunately, I think just as sinners make things complicated, when we feel like we're advocating on somebody else's behalf, sometimes exactly. we can give ourselves more of a hammer than we would otherwise carry around. Right. And that's why that's why I want to be quick to Matthew 18. There is a process for this. Um, yeah. And there we're talking about intent. There your intent is coming from a good place, right? That's where we just go back to what we said at the beginning. Intent is important, but it's not everything. Right. And so. Right. Exactly. That's a good example. Absence of malice can still lead to harm and the presence of goodwill can even lead to harm because we are sinners. Exactly. That's really well. That's really well said, man. It's really well said. You, you've, some of the worst conversations have started with the best of intentions. Yeah, God help us, right? Amen. Amen. Probably should ask him for that help. I was going to say, anything else you want to say on this before we go into prayer? Not on this specifically, but man, I think it's uh, tradition and right tradition at the end of a season for me to just thank some folks. So I want to thank you for all your excellent work in, in, um, yeah, and everything. I mean, there you're just your fingers are in everything, and rightly so. I want to thank uh, Jerry and Josh. Josh is the one who makes this show, and Jerry is the one who makes all the stuff we do beautiful. Uh, and she does. I love you guys. I love this team. Um, and then one particular mind or per group of folk that come to mind for me to thank is I want to thank the local churches who have had us out even even through what was maybe some of the hardest years for churches in recent history. I mean, not that we were going out uh, when we shouldn't have been, but as churches were reopening and things, I just, our heart is to, I find myself saying this more often, is to help local churches. We want to help real Christians, really wrestling, real congregations. So we're not trying to pastor the Twittersphere and we're trying to, but we are trying to encourage and strengthen and build local churches up in faith unity and love uh, which is why we stick to these plain old teachings and try to uh, apply them in some fresh ways to uh, fresh conversations so that the church might be built up so i'm just thankful on that front man and hopeful we can do more of that kind of work together one more group of people to thank a year end um and yes and amen to everything you just said especially the good stuff about me but the donors <laughs> For United We Pray. Um, it takes resources to do this, and we are just thankful that people care enough about this kind of work to give of their hard-earned money to make this happen. So yeah. to all the donors for United We Pray, thank you. We appreciate your support. Yep. A whole word. 
as the kids say. Let's pray, man. Let's thank the Lord. Break. I'll start us. Father, thank you for this podcast. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for all those who have given to it, all those who give of their time to bless us with thought and content. Um, Lord, as we put stuff out there, even this episode today, Lord, um, we acknowledge the limitation of our intentions. We want to be helpful. Um, We want to be faithful in what we're doing, but Lord, uh, we pray for your help in that. We ask you to keep uh, this ministry on the rails. Please help us to keep putting out stuff that's helpful, stuff that points to your word, and pray that it would be received toward that end. Um, Lord, if we are ever in the process of putting out something unhelpful, please stop us (laughs) providentially. Um, And Lord, give us churches and give us um, friends of the ministry who will do that for us, um, who will speak critically to us when we need it. Um, but Father, I pray for all listening, Lord, that they would um, think about their intentions and just recognize that it's not everything. Um, please help us to be humble. Please help us to uh, not respond to sin with our own sin, um, but to patiently forbear and confront with necessary um, so that all of us can look more like Jesus. We ask that in his name. Amen. Amen. Father, in so many senses, Austin and I are just a couple of boys with a couple of fish and a couple of pieces of bread. And so any effort we have, we ask that you would multiply, uh, including um, the effort to help church members talk more lovingly about really difficult things. Um, Father, we pray that we would be slow to justify ourselves. We pray that we would be that way because we know we stand justified before you. Lord, Christ dealt with all our sin at the cross. Uh, What do we have to prove to someone, Lord? We pray that we would be quicker to be okay with being misunderstood in some instances. Lord, we know that in a fallen world, communication breakdowns are sometimes no one is at fault. It's a fallen world. Some miscommunication. So, Father, we pray that um, we would remember that, that we would love, that we would consider others more important than ourselves, that we would look not only to our own interests, clearing our own name, or defending someone else, or whatever it may be, but that we'd look also to the interest of others and do all this in accordance to submission to your word, which speaks so much about forgiveness and forbearance and how to confront and when to confront. And Lord, we always don't, there's a lot of different data when it comes to the Bible and what you say to do, and we don't always calculate it correctly. So give us grace as we seek to do that with other people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thankful to get to do this with you, bro. Love you, man. Love you, bro. Thank you, listeners. Grace and peace. And Happy New Year. And Merry Christmas. Did we say Merry Christmas often? We should if we don't. Merry Christmas. And my birthday was probably around the time this episode came out. And you should go buy my book, which comes out January 4th. Okay, I'm done talking. Goodbye. Grace and peace. <laughs>